You know, that's a good a uh, good pancake though is uh, is the Cracker Barrel. Lovely pancake at the Cracker Barrel. I would say that. honestly the best pancakes that you can get because I'm not a big pancake person honestly. Yeah, like, me neither. Waffles, but I like like four bites of a pancake. After that, I'm pretty much out. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is a mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address, and you can uh, you can get the show, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Those are probably your main two, but I believe we're also on the Google Play and the Stitcher as well. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logan on the Dawn. Coming to you guys live. Um, in Crystal Clear HD, hopefully, from Stewart, Florida, where um, we have laid hands on my computer and we are praying that the internet holds out this evening. So shout out to the to the executive producer of the podcast for piecing things together. Um, speaking of which, who is that? Who is who is who is that? It's just more jewels in my heavenly crown, Logan. That's right. My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Still mild. Still on the moist and humid side for those keeping up with such things. Um, you can still get these Wordle scores on twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh, <laughs> I also learned on twitter.com today that we are now podcasting peers with one Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, he is apparently oh. fired up the podcast machine. Um, I hope he has fun with it. Because I think we do, and uh, he seems to like to talk ball and just talk in general. So I think that might be a good outlet for him as he establishes his ranch in Montana. Is it a so, football podcast? Yeah, college football in- podcast. And yet he interesting. Hasn't, yet he hasn't done a guest spot on the wheel route yet. That's yeah. sad. Some might say he was inspired by our our rise to glory. Um, <laughs> I don't see another option. Those are just things some people might say. Um, I find it, he doesn't strike me as like a guy who watches a lot of football. I don't know why. I don't know why I would think that he's a football coach, right? Like clearly I think he, he loves a ton of football. So you think he's just like ultimate football dude. Why did he quit coaching? I think, well, there, there, this could be a whole nother episode. There are varying schools of thought as to why the separation okay. took place. Fair enough. I mean, I, I figure it's probably not like one thing, but I don't know. For whatever reason, he strike he kind of strikes me as like I, I don't want to invoke Mike Leach here. But you know how Mike Leach has like interests outside of football that he's like very public about. Like yeah, he's certainly he, a Bronco. Very seems like that guy. kind of guy. Like yeah, kind of a, a eclectic, quirky guy that like has his interests outside of football. I would be, I, I just wouldn't have been surprised if I like he never coached again. I also wouldn't be surprised if he was like calling plays for a high school team for no reason. You know, like it's his yeah. like the, the he's in the Tyson zone. The good so, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what the format is. Like, does one of his sons, one of his adult sons interview him, or does he just do it like straight up solo hour and a half monologue? Because that would be interesting. I mean, it really would. Just talking about trust Broncos and build, musings. Building trust in one Episode another two. and and where your nose guard lines up. Just 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 yeah. 
the finer details. Well, cool. Who else is here? <laughs> uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, as usual. Uh, I am genuinely giddy about uh, the conversation we had yesterday that we had confidence in keeping a good pace through this episode. <laughs> and uh, Introductions are wrapping up at about the eight-minute mark, so should be a fun one. Hmm. But... Uh, well, I, listen, it's on you to keep the Duke's minute short. All right. Well, oh, you know, it, it, know, it starts, it's, it all starts with, you know, it starts with a personal responsibility and commitment. Right. The 40 yard dash is Jason. only as good as your first step off the line. <laughs> we got to go to an ad read right now. We'd like to thank, uh, uh, I tweet things at Jason Crack occasionally, mostly I just like them, um, recently, but mm. I occasionally tweet things and, uh, yeah, wonder, wonderful first week back. Oh man, it was, it was, I'm just gonna, I just want to get out ahead of it. It was a wonderful weekend for my personal brand, uh, on, of, of college football, both Schadenfreude and, uh, just general, um, fanship all around. Loved it. I even, I even tweeted a couple times. Yeah. I was so excited. I, I tweeted myself a couple times. I broke the golden rule. Feeling feisty. It's okay. We'll right. allow it. Friday night was delightful. Let me tell you, Oof, man, mercy. Mercy. Good. <laughs> cut that one up and snort it. Um, what are we drinking, boys? Uh, I've got the Kirkland Signature brand spark. Uh, sorry, Italian sparkling mineral water. It's very nice. It's a nice bottle. Shouts out to Kirkland. Yeah. Responsible for a large chunk of my wardrobe at this point. I figure Oof. that because I now work squarely from home and I've pretty much eliminated the the to and from office commute, that I can start just using more single-use plastic these days and, uh, <laughs> you know, make up for some lost carbon footprint. Yeah, we all, <laughs> we all really, have a part to play. I was really curious where that was going. I wasn't expecting that. I don't know why. Greggy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what are you working with? Uh, I am drinking from a recyclable Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager. Smart. Um, I've got the big dog. I'm I'm finishing up my big dog. This Can't is Yeti. This is this is straight H two O. How many of these of of fluid is that big dog, Logan? Sixty four. Sixty four. Oh. Half gal. I drink two of these bad Larrys a day, and I pee a ton. Let me yeah. tell you. Stay I peeing. You do. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> okay. I keep Let's that thing on me. <laughs> you know I keep that MF thing on me. All right. Well, happy. Um, Tuesday after Labor Day and first weekend of college football to you both of you. I trust you all celebrated. Um, how was Labor Day weekend? Any uh, comings and goings? Uh, I was on? at Smith Mountain Lake with the immediate family. With, with Bud Foster. Got it. Right. On the same waters as Bud Foster, rumor has it. Um, no, it was good. Had had pretty decent weather. Got a round of golf in on Sunday morning. Uh, watched mm. a lot of games. Still fired those bullets off. You know, it was, it was a good weekend to also see the family. You know, the important <laughs> stuff. <laughs> how was how's the unit allocation? The unit allocation was uh, was on point or? Oh, it was noise. It was noise. That's good. That's good. I love that. that that's yeah. it. For week one of college football is evidenced by my personal gambling record for funsies only on this podcast is, is dangerous territory. So. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, Colin Smith said, if it ain't, if it ain't a two and three week, I don't want it. That was his, uh, bossy going into it. So shout out, <laughs> um, Greg, did you do anything fun? Pool day, 
Um, I'm trying to remember. Go to the quarry, climb the rocks. Blue hole. When's Blue the last hole? time Ooh. any of us have been to? I did not go. I think Blue, Blue hole is like flirting with being closed. Mm. Um, too many, too many people from the branch going out Jamie, there doing I miscreant think activities. Used to it, so it was good and ruined it. Um, oh. Classic. Been, been many like reports spankies. over the years of just trashing the place and that sort of thing. But uh, no, we, you know, had I watched a lot of college football Saturday afternoon. Uh, the uh, the Dukes of James Madison had their game Saturday evening. I worked until late into the night and uh, took it easy Sunday. And yeah. College athletics uh, does not get Labor Day off, ironically. So, mm. yeah, love that. But it was good. It was good. It was a good weekend. Excellent. We um we dunked the baby in the pool yesterday, and uh, that was nice. It's, it's, again, it's been hot here. Continues to be. Um and uh, yeah, just um grilled some meats. Had some uh, I had some fajita meat brought in by uh, some family members from Texas that made a pass through. So always good. Always good to get some frozen, some some frozen meats, um, just gifted. So yeah, good times. Excellent. All right, um, guys, I, I received word that you all had your coronation ceremony this evening. Um, how did it go? Did you make speeches? How do we feel about the the hall? Are we? How are we doing? Mm. Can we can we make comments? Oh, I'll just say, yeah, I got no problem talking about this. Um, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, let it let it open. Let's go. We did not make a speech. We were honored appropriately as back-to-back winners. Our commissioner Excellent. was kind enough to to emphasize that. Um, that the the payout this year was reduced from last season, which was a surprise. Um, well, well, so we'll clarify that the payout, the winners' payout, was reduced. Yeah, we have no evidence of. Don't know about the other. Yeah. Um, so. That's kind of that's long, you know that's probably stings a little bit. Has long, to sting a well, little bit. it does. Uh, longtime yes. fans may may recall that this this season of the Restless Dog Legs League uh, included both more players, so more paying entries, and a higher entry fee per player. So the kitty right. was considerably larger this year. Um, they chose to allocate those units by adding a fourth and fifth place payout and okay. also did some individual payouts for the first time, um, which we were not eligible for because we won a team prize. So they, they got creative in ways to like spread a wow. lot of shop credit out to a lot of people, um, which I think is in the best interest of the league as a whole, just in terms of retention effort and keep, keep people coming back. Um, but yeah, yeah I, sure. like, I don't want to be guy who just like <laughs> complains about the shop credit prize, but it was, it was a little surprising. Not on, not on the pleasant end. Yeah. But I we see. still have fun. Honestly, still have fun this year. Glad yeah, we really, came into it. it the, I'm the sure it's not insignificant. The, month, the comeback over the last month made it like, that was the fun part of it. And like the shop credit was just a bonus, but it was like a, like a little bit of an eye opener when we opened the envelope and yeah. Interesting. Okay. That is interesting. Interesting. I mean, at this it's, point, it's clear that Lakeview Golf Club is sitting on billions of dollars of NFTs, and right. uh, I'm not happy. They're using they're using your your guys' respective NILs against right. you, and and not letting you be free in the public market. And what would be what would be the 
the Harrisonburg equivalent of a Saudi Arabia funded golf league. Yeah. If like uh, the Russian Baptist church started a league. Well, it would have to happen out at Pack Saddle too. That would, be it would obviously be Pack Saddle. Um, it'd be like, yeah. uh, this is a tough, this is a tough question to answer without naming names. I'm not sure if we want to. Yeah. We're I don't want to put that in the public record. I there am is, interested there are some though. certain uh, Harrisonburg and Rockingham County based individuals that run certain companies that I think would be the equivalent probably. Yeah. 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 Could move some money around. Yeah. Um, so our, our, our league is basically run by some accountants. Um, God bless mm-hmm. them. But I am sort of interested, like if I was bored off my rocker to, uh, maybe bring in some forensic auditors and see if we could get, uh, an itemized line by line of where, where these funds were allocated this year, just to see how, how things shook out. Um, so if, if our, you know, corporate counsel, Colton Puckett Esquire could, you know, put us in touch with somebody at DOJ, perhaps, uh, we could get the ball rolling (laughs) on, on some investigative, uh, processes. Got it. Well, you know, for the last time, maybe this, this season, congratulations to you, you guys both on, on a big dub. And I'm, I trust that the shop credit isn't an insignificant amount. So you'll probably be able to, to splash it somewhere, buy yourself a couple sleeves of Strix and soft feels or something like that. You know, I'm not ungrateful, but I can be grateful and a little disappointed at the same time. Bingo. Bingo. That's, um, basically that's, that's life right there. Welcome to adult life. (laughs) Welcome to adult life. I'm not ungrateful. Okay. Um, okay. Let's get right to it guys. We had college football this weekend. It happened. It happened hard. It happened fast. And it happened continuously, really, throughout the whole weekend. Um, just a, a delightful opening weekend. I can't remember a week one that was this much fun. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and maybe shout out to the schedulers and people for maybe actually putting some enjoyable games on week one and different schools for taking some games on and maybe firing up the uh, the flames of some old rivalries that need to come back. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought all around – Every single evening was it was enjoyable, except for maybe last night. Yeah. Sorry, Georgia Tech and Clemson, but that was yeah, which that was, was not it. I don't know what which, that was, but that which was, was not, not it. unexpected. I mean, that was just kind of that was the cool down lap after the workout. You no, know, I mean, I think we maybe would have liked to see a slightly crisper performance out of Clemson, but they seemed to kind of get it together in the second. You half, might have liked to see that. Logan, but no, I, I don't. I don't know that I. I'm, I shouldn't say like to see that. Maybe expected to see that the number four team in the country maybe could like get first downs against Georgia Tech. I, I don't know if that's too much to ask, but you I, would I think. understand. You would that's, think that's a lot. So, um, all right, we'll we'll hop into it. Do a little game by game. Jump around here. See if you guys got anything to say. Um, <clears throat> I guess we picked the pit game, so we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Thursday night, did you guys catch any Penn State Purdue? I saw. I, I saw. I saw this go down. There's some silliness, some chicanery and shenanigans. Purdue um, plus three and a half was a tough one. It was yeah. a tough one. Yep, 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 yep. yep. But a, a good, a good start to the big B1G season, nonetheless. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, and Purdue was like, I think coming into the season, I was wondering is Brom on the hot seat potentially. Um, I don't know if that game answers any questions, but they would go through stretches on offense where you're like, man. He always has like three of these Rondale Moore type guys just running around yeah. in every different direction. And when they're rolling, 
like they can put up points on anybody, but then they can't close the game out. So yeah, they just seem very, very fast. Was this the team that I said that Rom has all like, they have a very deep screen package? Was that the yeah. was that this Purdue? Yeah, yeah, they do. They have all of the screens. Very exotic. I'm talking bubbles. I'm talking tunnels. I'm talking slips. I'm talking middles. It's wild. Um, but Penn State, I guess, did what they need to do. Just just forever fascinated by the Penn State experience here. It's going to be fun. Well, they're led by a sixth or seventh year senior quarterback. True. A husband and father. A real BYU vibe. That's right. Okay, let's get to Friday. Virginia Tech made the big trip east uh, into into Norfolk. And uh, things didn't go great. Things didn't go great for either team. Things did especially not go great for Virginia Tech. I wouldn't hope you enjoyed their trip down I-64. No, 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 no. Um, there's the whole host of issues here. Uh, pretty sloppy offensive performance. Um, defense, I guess, looked fine. ODU didn't exactly have the crispest offensive performance either in this game. Um, the big play of this game was a blocked, not a, not even a block, a bad snap field goal by the Hokies in which the there was just the classic caravan of dudes chasing the ball down. At like midfield, the holder went to slide to get it. Bad attempt, uh, bad execution, and bad attempt. It was he hard kinda, to tell. He didn't he really dive like on it. He tried work. to like, yeah, he tried, yeah, he tried to like age, like kind of grab it on his side, you know. And then he, it, yeah, and then there was a scoop and score there, touchdown, pretty much for the only like notable play really of the game, and uh, that was that. Uh, VPI just could not could not get it rolling. Um, would appear that they have uh, a ways to go. I would imagine they'll get better, but I don't really know. I don't know that the quarterback they were playing was the answer. I don't know what their depth chart looks like at quarterback, but that was a pretty uninspiring performance um, for a Virginia Tech team that, like, I would say usually doesn't have, like, the most inspiring offensive, like, like game plan, but it seemed especially um, lackluster on Friday night. And then the coaches got stuck in the elevator at halftime, and I believe that their locker room got robbed also. So bad, bad all-around trip to uh, the 757. That sucks. Those two things, for sure. But uh, you guys got any thoughts here? I mean, I, like, I obviously enjoyed what I saw at the end. Like, sure. unabashedly was entertained by it. Um, Virginia Tech seemed to come out and do the, like, we are going to get back to we win – we are a defensive program and our offense will like manage a game and their defense is not good enough to do that right now. They might get there one day. Um, they were probably but, good enough to do that on Friday. They just, that they, you, you can't make your margin of error. You're going to score to zero, move the ball negative on offense, right? Yeah. Your offense has got to do something. Like right. I was surprised at how much they rolled their quarterback out of the pocket and were not, apparently comfortable with him just like taking a straight drop back and against an ODU defensive line. So I'm interested to see how that pans out in the ACC. Um, so yeah, they got a lot of, lot of uh, progress to make if, if they're going to end up in a bowl this year. That's correct. Jason, you watched this one. Uh, most of it at a bar, mostly I was, whipping my head between this and, and Serena, um, Serena's swan song. But yeah, I mean, I think Jordan summed it up well. I think, you know, they, 
they look like they're cosplaying old school Virginia Tech a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, they're just not there, yet, which is not like I, I think people close to the program will speak of significant damage that Justin Fuente did. Um, and I think we're probably going to see a decent amount of that this year. And yeah. I don't know that it's something that I know it's not something Brent Fry can turn around in one year. Um, I think all you can hope for is like the beginnings of like, oh, okay, there's a start. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it would yeah. appear that roster needs to be flipped um, yeah. Yeah. pretty good. No, I mean, I, they, 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 they suffer from like significant lack of dudes and that's yeah. just unfortunate. And, and I think that is true to a degree, but that excuse or justification holds a little less water for of me course. personally, regardless of the school it's coming from in 2022 due to how popping the transfer portal gets right. each off season. Um, so it, I agree roster construction still is a major issue for them, but they have more opportunities to address that and do so quicker. They, they do. And that's why I think that to be fair, I don't know that you can address it the off season before you start coaching. Um, right. But I do think the the jump from season one to two for that reason and several others can be bigger than it has been in the is has ever been in the past. And and I think I think they do they do suffer from lack of dudes. I think there were multiple times when just like ODU was just the had the better football players on the field with which is a jarring thing for those two programs in their history. Yeah. I also think like as cliche as it is, there's there are cultural problems and there are yeah there are like pretty much every cheesy cliche you can think of, there's always a little bit of truth to all of them. They're always over exaggerated, but yeah, when put on top of, yeah, they just they don't have the four stars that they've had in the past. That that becomes a, a glaring problem. But yeah, I I think we're all in agreement. Like that is, you could probably find six wins on Virginia Tech's schedule, but you're gonna have to really hunt. I yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna have to get better, and and they yeah. probably will. But they're gonna need to they're gonna need to improve over the course of the year. I also think we may have just generally. Undervalued ODU because we didn't know anything about ODU. They, they've actually won like I think wins. they've I think they've won seven or six or seven yeah. games in a row, and like they seem to be kind of maybe know what they they want to do. And honestly, they they look they look tough. They they looked way tougher than the ODU teams I used to watch. when I was in school there. So um, okay, yeah. well, I anyhow. also like shouts out to I mean, like the elevator stuff sucks, and the locker room stuff is like. Everybody's making jokes, but that is objectively really crappy and sucks a lot. And yeah. to be frank, stinks for all group of five teams because like that makes it less likely that power five teams go on the road. To be quite frank, like that that stuff factors in and can be used as an excuse, and that sucks. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think ODU probably has their fair share of uh, narrative. Um, you know, they would like to, to build a narrative about their school and their program and everything, right? So that's just, you know, and yep. who cares? If it was a lone actor guy who dressed in a janitor costume and went in there, that still sucks. I mean, that could happen anywhere, but it, that's unfortunate. So, okay, we'll keep it moving. Colorado State was at Michigan. Michigan destroyed. Um, I, I think we all saw that one coming. Colorado State got a bit of rebuild ahead of them as well. Doesn't appear that... Mr. Adazio left that place in the greatest of, of shape. So uh, we'll see what goes on there. Um, can you name Colorado State's uh, coach? It's not Steve Fairchild, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But there's a <laughs> but callback for you. Yeah, that is, that, that's really good. State, uh, it's uh, Jay Norvell from, uh, from oh, Nevada. Right. Yeah, so I think he'll do a good job there, but uh, they're going to they're gonna need some, some time. Yeah. I, I don't 
know if Michigan was able to draw a whole lot about their quarterback situation. I did hear that JJ McCarthy played better um, than uh, McNamara or Mac McNamon or whatever his name is. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll see. It's JJ gets the reins against Hawaii, I believe next week. So who knows? All right. Um, told you guys UNC at app was going to be fun. And uh, was that a was that a hot take? That feels like oh, it wasn't hot. I'm just okay. bragging that I told you. Um, and uh, I, I, I and and boy was it boy was it something. I, I mean, it was the over in this one. Oh, <laughs> oh god, what was what was the lot? What was the over under? Fifty nine and a half. Oh my god! Yeah, Jeez. they doubled it. Yeah. I yeah. Geesh. Um, I mean, App scored forty points in the fourth quarter in this game. Which is crazy. Um, Especially on a Gene Chizik coach defense. Oof. Yeah. Take a lap, Gene. I, I mean, <laughs> it's really bad in North Carolina. I heard someone on another podcast say Jay Bateman probably is at Florida right now seeing like, see, I told you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was uh, this game app jumped on him early. Um, North Carolina sort of jumped back on them and was up comfortably. And then app was able to close the gap in the fourth quarter. They went for the win um, at the, well, potentially with like 30 seconds to go, they score a touchdown uh, extra point ties the game. And they went ahead and went for, tried to go for two. They had a man open in the flat and it just sailed over his head. He, he could have ran under it. He probably thought someone was behind him or something. And maybe he needed to make an acrobatic catch uh, sucks somehow against all odds. Uh, North Carolina runs the onside kick back for a touchdown and kicks the extra point. So it was only up eight and app goes the length of the field again on the, on the Gene Chizik defense in 30 seconds and scores a touchdown and then fails another two point conversion to, uh, to tie the game um, and send it over time. So that's how North Carolina escapes this one. Um, this was a lot of fun a homecoming of sorts for, uh, for old Mr. Coach guy in North Carolina. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, what do you what do you guys think? I think that North Carolina's quarterback looks awesome. I, yeah, but I don't know that he's played a defense at sure. this point in the season that's like really going to test him. Um, I don't have as much analysis, but if you guys want to vicariously live a little roller coaster with me, uh, I did also sprinkle uh, North Carolina minus six and a half around halftime. Um, and so I went from like, okay, App State oh, no. is going to tie it up with the extra point at the end to no, dang it, they're going for two. I don't have a chance at the cover to pure elation when the onside kick gets run back for a tud. Um, and then App State went back and I had to root for a tie to get me into overtime. Right. Um, but, you know, just some fun, fun feelings on a Saturday afternoon. Did and you guys was, happen to oh, go ahead? It was a legitimately fun game to watch, and I think Chase Bryce looked good. Like, yeah. As a kid, as a, he is good. At being in the Sun Belt, I am terrified of Chase Bryce. Like, he, yeah. that dude can freaking sling it. Um, and they're not like a they're not like an air raid team either. No, I mean, they no. they App likes to run it, and they they kind of run sort of some almost similar to sort of like Florida likes to do sort of pistoly, you know, one back stuff and and all that. But yeah, that's uh, right. Interesting. I, I think I think Drake May looks really good. To be honest, I, I am curious to see how like good this offense at North Carolina is because I think he's going to need to be awesome. Might have a little Brennan Armstrong <clears throat> uh, stat line to him this year, just given how bad their defense appears to be. 
Jason, yeah. what did you think? No, I, I um, just a super fun game. I actually missed, I think I left the press box to go do something with like, I think as app was lining up for the two point conversion, I had to like run out and that was the first two point conversion. Right. So I left for like 31 seconds of game time and missed almost 14 points, I think, or something like that. And right. So it was just chaos, but I, I caught up on the highlights and yeah, it looks super fun. And, um, I mean, incredible environment as, as we said last week, a football game in Boone is super underrated, uh, super fun place to watch a game. And that was 10 years ago before they basically doubled their stadium size. And right. So they're, they're fun to watch. They're a fun, fun program to respect. I hope, I hope JMU built to the point that like that rivalry can get back going again. Cause that was, that was pretty perfect and pretty ideal. So, yeah. Yeah. Would agree. Dem mountain boys. Dem mountain All right. Boys. <clears throat> did any of you guys watch any of Army at Coastal Carolina? Unfortunately, I did not catch any of this one. No, I forgot to scout the Chanticleers. The Chanticleers. Did the Chanticleers, did the, did the Chanticleers win? No idea. I think, hmm. I think Army won. No, Coastal did win by 10. Okay. Um, the call only threw for 174, but I think they were a little all over the place. Yeah. So. That's all right. Memphis at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State was putting it on them when I was watching this. Didn't really appear to be that exciting of a, of a matchup. So I led you guys astray on that one. That's my bad. That's on uh, me. Will Rogers threw for 450 yards. That's all I know about that one. <clears throat> Sounds about right. Um, Will Rogers also doesn't have a headshot on ESPN. So. Wow. That's out to, I'm not, I'm not going to take shots at fellow SIDs, but. Well, he's probably been hanging out with Mike Leach. He doesn't want his photo to be on the internet. That's fair. Uh, Boise state was at Oregon state and guys, there may be some problems with Boise State. I uh, I think we we always we extend a large benefit of the doubt to Boise State that they're just going to be fine. They might they not are be not fine. The Boise State of our youth. No, this is not. Brian Harson ain't walking through that door. This is really this is really what I'm trying to tell you. Um, I believe our our guy Hank Bachmeyer got who is still the quarterback magically. I mean, I I don't know how old he is. It seems like he's been there for a long time. He might be just like a true sophomore for all I know. Um, he was benched like 10 minutes into this game. It did not go well for, for Hank. It was like 24 to nothing. There was turnovers. It was just bad all around football in the first quarter by, uh, by Boise State. And I mean, Oregon State looked capable and I think seems to be uh, trending upward. So good for yeah, Oregon State. Yeah, I will say the bits and pieces I watched of this, Oregon State did look much more competent than they have in the past couple of years. So good for yeah. the Beavers. I think not unlike ODU, Oregon State Trent was trending kind of up at the back half of last season and seems to be continuing that. So uh, that's interesting. We'll see. Bring us back to the, the days of Jaquiz Rogers. Am I right? TJ Hushmanzada and Chad Johnson. You are. Um, I, think, I do think people underestimate how hard it's been for Boise State to stay where they are for so long. Oh, 100%. Um, like – the life of a non-Power 5 and, frankly, one as kind of, like, tucked away as Boise, like, recruiting there and that sort of thing. Like, you have to hit on every coach. You have to, like, not make many mistakes recruit. Like, it's not easy. And so – Well, now you got to guard against, like, the portal plucking your players. Yeah, you got to keep, from being, keep from being the minor league for the people with NIL yeah. collectives, and it, it's very hard. And so, yeah, I, I do Maybe. think that finally the, uh, the engine may be running out of steam – for at least the time being, which is not to say that they can't 
get back to where yeah, and I think this is only Avalos's second year. I believe they were six and five last year, which is, I mean, listen, that's below their standard. But um, Avalos came in pretty highly regarded. He's a Boise guy, you know, sort of knows his way around over there. But yeah, it, it will be curious. I mean, you're right, Jason. The, the footprint is interesting that they have. They kind of like have to probably recruit Fournia super hard, try to pick up some kids from you know Phoenix, and and then. You know, if there's any corn-fed developmental prospects that they could get, you know, they got to jump on those too. But, you know, at a certain point, if you're Boise, then, you know, you're probably dealing with some of those other, like, your your North Dakota states and stuff like that too that are um, not insignificant programs to go play for that send players they're to the NFL that are that, that are ma- making noise that are, <clears throat> you know, not that they're just, right, just right next to each other. There's not that many players to go around up there. And you have – Right. All it takes is three or four schools, and all of a sudden you're fighting for for low end three stars, and this is not easy. So, right. Okay. Um, all right. Sunday night, Florida State, Louisiana State. Yes. This game happened. This this was uh, fifty eight minutes of doldrums and two minutes of glory. <laughs> yeah, I did. I I am a registered hater. I did not come away particularly inspired by either team's performance. LSU looks terrible. Florida State, I didn't think looked a whole lot better. Um, I think Florida State should have won this game by like 17 points, but they kind of like farted around and just, you know, whatever. Things happened and uh, and and it got a little squeaky there at the end. But um, Florida State, there's something about their offense that I can't, really wrap my head around they they seem a little i don't think they can wrap their head around <laughs> it, it, it seems does it seem a little helter skelter to you guys or like they kind of maybe don't run plays it feels yeah it feels a little a little pickupy a little it's like, kind of like, like weirdly like it's weirdly effective do they have the go-go offense guy there is that what this is going on did no, they did they hire <clears throat> no i mean i think adkins is the is the oc there but this doesn't look quite as put together as a, a pure Novell Norvell um, play called offense. Uh, no, no shade to Alex Atkins. I'm sure they're, you know, getting it together a little bit. Jordan Travis does look better. Um, yeah. He didn't throw any picks, uh, but you know, I, I just, there's, there's something weird. It, it seems like they lean pretty heavily on gearing you up to, to do like a, a cool double reverse pass. And sometimes I feel like if like the pinnacle of your offense is like setting up like a, a, a high high volatility trick play then like maybe maybe you should maybe you should focus on the fundamentals a little bit but i think they might still have some offensive line issues um you know they were clearly better than lsu though lsu looks bad uh yeah. um i thought i was impressed with florida state's defensive line uh, they they really dominated the game lsu i believe lost their starting center like in the first series which was um not great because i believe he was a preseason all-american um but yeah i don't know if Jaden daniels is the guy he seems to be a bit of a one read and, and bolt kind of quarterback. Not that he had a whole lot of time to maybe look at the right. other reads. Um, but yeah, I mean, LSU uh, misses an extra point to tie this game with no time left. And uh, and Florida State gets the dub. Never in doubt, Florida State gets the dub. But uh, yeah, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I texted you guys like, I th- I think that was one of the games where you watch it and you don't get a good idea of how good either team's season is going to be, good or bad. You're just like, well, they're the same level of yuck right now. But they also have brand names and really good athletes at some Mm -hmm. positions to where you're just like eight and four, four and eight, 
could could see anything in between. Um, yeah, I was more interested in seeing Brian Kelly like pivot to starting to toss players under the bus uh, after game one. Um, he basically like, well, we made an evaluation mistake on our punt returner, and we thought he was capable of certain things. Like, jeez, love that. Like. I wonder what's going through his mind. Like he left a pretty good thing at Notre Dame for a lot of money, but yeah. I don't know that he anticipated these trials and tribulations, like catching an L at the hand of Jordan Travis week one uh, <laughs> probably was not on, on his digital planner. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how long it lasts. It's also interesting to see his shade of rage face against a different color polo. Some um, of those shots were not flattering. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't look, he didn't look overly healthy. I mean, he looks kind of old, um, which is interesting, but I mean, not that Ed Orgeron like, appeared to be really like, <clears throat> you know, a fitness instructor this or is anything. The peak but... Of male health. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to do the like, like I don't like Brian Kelly because he seems like just like an absolutely miserable, miserable prick, and like he would be terrible to play for. And I think I, I think we've heard as much, but also like undoubtedly he's been very successful at all of his stops, and I think he pretty much maxed out Notre Dame. And so it's like, what do you do with that, right? Like, what do you? I have both of these pieces of information in my head, and I don't think he's like an eight and four coach, but I also don't know that he's like. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It, they, it would appear they got a long way to go roster-wise, and on especially on the offensive line. <clears throat> but it's going to be a tough year in uh, in Baton Rouge, I think. Yeah. Someone in the SEC West has to be down, though, right? I mean, that's how that's how it goes. It would appear we kind of thought maybe Auburn was going to be a bit of a dumpster fire this year, but it it might just be LSU. Yeah. Well, in in years past, we've kind of talked about like there are certain teams where if things go sour early in a season. Like you maybe can assume their players will largely punt on the season and just kind of give up the ghost halfway. Like your didn't LSU didn't LSU literally do that last year? Yeah, like your LSU's. But I'm more <laughs> interested in like is G, is Brian Kelly that kind of coach? Because he just kind of seems like oh oh whatever. Uh, this is so so bad, and we need so much more help. Um, yeah. Their defense, know. their defensive arrangement seemed weird. They were playing like it was almost like it was a Todd Grantham coach defense. Like they, the corners were so far off. Where is Todd um, G these days? I think people people don't realize how much of an insult that is. I don't I don't know that he's doing much. He might be consulting or something. I think he keep talking. showed up showed up at Jaguars practice or something, but who knows? Just wanders out of the the river in downtown Jacksonville. All right, he's speaking of stink analyst at Alabama. He is in Nick Saban's school for reformed coaches. That's good. That's good. I hope he gets a head coaching job out of it. It'll be great for that school. Maybe Colorado State. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on Colorado State. They seem like nice people. All right. Monday night, Clemson at Georgia Tech. Um, people are asking you, does, does DJU stink? You know, does he? It's hard to tell. I don't, I, I, you know, or is he just ex exhibiting the, the, uh, the traits of one who stinks? I mean, it, it was jarring to me because I was, I was watching this game off and on. So there's one point when I was, I was checking the tweets as I do. And it was mm -hmm. just open, getting a sense of the, the pulse open calling for the, for the backup. I, I was not watching the game at the time, but apparently there was an egregious enough thing that was like, 
you gotta he's he's gotta make a change. And like that that caught me off guard because I didn't know we were at that point so quickly. Um but yeah, it's it's weird. And I think somebody tweeted it out like it was against Notre Dame, right? Two years ago that he just went absolutely off. I think so. I mean, I think he played really well because didn't he lead the comeback against Boston College when they when yeah uh, when they were they basically should have lost to BC. That I think that's right. Ago. So like it, it's weird than that. Like we've seen that, and you know, I I don't think the Notre Dame is you know the Georgia defense or anything. Well, we've seen that like, with Travis Etienne on the team. That helps. It does. It cannot hurt. Um, yeah. And so it's just weird, but he still had to make the throws, and he's just like sure. not not making the throws right now, and it's very. It's it's almost jarring. It's very strange to see, and and I kind of like. Who else that? They had T T Higgins was on that team. Yeah, yeah. Rogers. So I I will present a different angle. I don't think he stinks. I don't think their surrounding cast is optimal for him, and I don't think sure. they've quite figured out how to maximize his package of skills hey and now what he does best that's why right. i kept going um, <laughs> Baby. So like, i like i saw some bad drops from clemson receivers that i'm not used to seeing sure he, he put some balls down the chimney in tight coverage and guys didn't come up with a catch um that's not his fault but i think they still seem to be looking for an identity on offense uh which you know they're mm-hmm. replacing a coordinator on that side of the ball. Um, there's there's some growing pains to be expected, but I don't know. I think I think part of it is the recency bias of like, well, look what happened when Dabo plugged Trevor Lawrence in midseason and like made that switch and that. So it's time to do it again because he's done it before. Um, I don't know yeah. that they have the pieces to be able to do that right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that could be true, but it, it still would appear that he he exhibits too many Jeff Driscoll traits for me to to not completely be a little bit worried about his development, right? I mean, this Logan, in theory Logan's is his this is his third year in the program. He doesn't. I mean, it's one game. We could we just uh, this is what we do. We overreact, sure, but you know, Georgia Tech's defense was good too. I think I think their defense actually is good. Um, I don't know that their defense is. You know, obviously they they probably wore down, got a little tired towards the end of that game yesterday, and things kind of piled up on them. But um, I mean, just the first half of the game just seemed sort of slow decision making, maybe mixed with some questionable play calling. And you know, I don't like you said, Jordan. I don't know if they necessarily have the horses to do what they used to do. But I also would, yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I, I would charge that their offense off, often has to me appeared to be pretty simple get the ball to travis Etienne in the flats throw 50 50 balls on the sideline to t higgins and, and receivers who are like dominant big you know nfl receivers and you know it is a little easier yeah, like to call I, plays I when say, it is easier to call plays when you get to do that right so. i saw someone say on twitter like i don't even know that they have a clear vertical threat in their offense like that's mm-hmm. an issue it, no matter where you go to school so yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. So, all right. Well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll I'll reel it in a little bit on DJU. But it would be interesting to know if Dabo is just planning to absently stick with him all year, or if he does if he just doesn't want to ignite the Cade Klubnik plays in public and people see a guy come out here and step into some throws and spin it, and make some quick decisions, and maybe take off and run, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, 
Well, do we have a quarterback controversy? I mean, I don't know. There's got to be a weird uh, well, psychology. Well, they're playing this weekend, so we'll, we might have an opportunity. You would think Klubnik would get in. So, all right. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Jeff Collins, just real quick, check in on Jeff Collins. Um, I see he's still wearing, like, the yoga instructor outfit on the sidelines. Um, he really just does the most on the sidelines. There's a lot of activity out of Jeff Collins. He's picking guys up. He's running in to check on players. It's 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 a, it's a lot. That would be a lot for me. Are you suggesting whatever, whatever it's informative? Yes, I am. Okay. The swag chalice. Did you? Did anybody catch the? Um, I guess if you get a turnover, you're allowed to write something on the whiteboard. I oh, did yeah. see a screenshot, and, and, but I didn't read what the guy wrote. Kid wrote like like I, I don't know, but the last word was very clearly on the board okay. and like uh, the ESPN guys are like, oh yeah, they're right on the whiteboard. And there's just like uncomfortable falls. They cut away from it really fast. It was pretty funny. I don't know what it, I don't know what it said, but it was, it was something kind of, kind of hilarious, but um, we'll keep an eye on the Georgia tech situation. <sighs> they looked a little bit better, but the, their quarterback is the kind of quarterback that's going to keep both teams in games. Yeah. When he like, he dazzles a little bit. When and he's he also, on, there's a little RG three to him. Oh yeah, um, not like not full blown Heisman winning Jeff Sims, but you know the, you can see like th- the throwing motions there, the velocity on the ball is there. The guy can yeah. run very fast. Um, right. They clearly miss uh, the running back who transferred to Alabama too, who yes. was a big portion of their offense last year. Um, forget his name, but he was really good. And uh, so, oh well. Okay, let's keep it rolling, Navy. Falls to Delaware. Just wanted to point that out. Um, shout out to CAA, Jason. One love. Shouts out. First, I know first game as Delaware head coach for, uh, I think something Cardi. Yeah, dropped dropped a huge f bomb on on Just live TV during the fact. during the during the uh, interview. Loved that for him yeah. and for all of us. Uh, I guess we should probably discuss Iowa. It Iowa happened to almost the peak. The peak that Iowa could happen was nearly achieved um, in this game. They scored seven points. They did not score a touchdown, two safeties, and a field goal. Never in doubt against uh, a, a good uh, Jackrabbits from South Dakota State. Is that right? Is it South Dakota State or South yeah. Dakota? I, think it, um, I believe it was South Dakota State. And South they're Dakota a good State team. Is legit. It, it, I just I cannot imagine being an Iowa fan. So and, I, I asked at our awards banquet this evening, uh, our our golf league buddy Nick is an Iowa Hawkeyes fan, and, and I asked him if he enjoyed watching the game Saturday, and he's just like, oh, man, like, I, you know, I love defense, but at a certain point, like, that that that's too much. That's not that's not. I love defense. What, what, what kind of response is I love defense? That, I mean, yeah, the defense is good, but the defense yeah. is always good. I mean, well, that's they, what he's saying. At a certain point, it gets to be too much. Yeah, like he wants some oh. offense. He wants like, some oh, he like he likes to see South Dakota State too. play defense yeah. as well. Sure. He loves he loves both teams' defenses equally when he watches he loves Iowa. Popping. <clears throat> Oof. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They punted eight times. the <laughs> The drive chart is insane. Like apparently, they, the, uh, the student section and or other fans were. Chanting "Fire Brian" uh, for for portion mm, of the game in reference that's good to stuff. one Kirk Ferentz's son Brian yeah. Ferentz. The, the nepotism play color of the year twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, early front runner. 
Yeah. Um, Spencer Petras, still the quarterback at Iowa. Uh, not unlike DJU, does not appear to have worked on his craft over the summer. Um, so it will, will be interesting to see. I think he had a quarterback rating of 1.1 in this game, and they won, which is, again, there's a lot of outlandish stats in this game, but, you know, Iowa moves on. I'm sure they'll, like, beat Ohio State under the lights and Kinnick in, like, think, uh, uh, in, in a couple – in, like, a month and a half. Uh, I think uh, Bill C. did the uh, did his, like, super in-depth breakdown of this game, and it's just, like, every cell is some degree of red. It's just, like – Yeah, the EPA, real. like, yeah. negative EPA. Like, yeah. it's, like, every time Iowa ran a play, they were effectively, like, minus two EPA. Like, it's yeah. so bad. Like, if, oh. if we run a play on offense, we are basically we are moving ourselves farther ourselves. from the zero, every away from zero run. in the wrong direction. <laughs> but anyhow – all right, I think. Uh, oh, Jason, tell us about the Dukes real quick. Congratulations, welcome to welcome to FBS football, baby. Thank welcome you, man. To the show. I appreciate that. The Dukes did put on a show. I think um, I have a hard time believing that there's any even the most delusional JMU fan would have expected uh, Saturday. Uh, the Dukes, uh, good and good and Molly walloped Middle Tennessee State, um, forty-four yeah. to seven at Bridgeforth. Um, went up 37 to nothing about halfway through the third quarter and kind of cruised from there. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a very, very dominant effort. Um, and what I think what was the most surprising to me was we like, we looked really good in both trenches, um, which I figured would be the biggest growing pains for us. I figured we'd have to do more misdirection and get out on the edges and, and that sort of thing uh, as we seek to, uh, to stock up on the big boys, but um, right, they there was a little bit of a little bit of smack talk earlier in the week coming from the Middle Tennessee side, kind of okay, not from the, the Blue Raiders. The entire defensive line for JMU and JMU's defensive line was pretty open. Like, oh, we heard it, we heard it, and um, yeah, they offed up. They, Look to him. Um, you know, Tennessee State, I think sometime in the fourth quarter, had like 12 yards rushing. Uh, oh, no, sorry. They finished with 12 yards rushing. That's my fault. Um, and it's five know, more yards than Iowa had points. That's true. The Dukes were just in the backfield a lot. Um, and Penetration and, uh, kills the run game, Jason. That's what people are saying. People have said that. I, I do think, like, I don't think Middle Tennessee is that good. Like, I think Jordan and I were. I was I was giving a, a Cliff's notes to some people at the award ceremony, and I don't I don't think yeah, Middle Tennessee won a bowl last year, but I don't think they're that good. Okay. I think they're a bit of a mess. I think they lost a couple people, but they're still they're an air raid team at the FBS level that was half decent last year. Um, and yeah, the Dukes just hammered them. And I don't think we know how good the Dukes are yet. That uh, we play Norfolk State this week. That. Won't Probably won't give us much of an indication either, right? So not, not going to learn anything from that game. We got a bye week the week after, and then we go to Boone, and that's when I think we'll know more. Hell yeah! Um, well, you know, App State's down to give up points, so they might, they might, might could be, they might could let, be. Let Booby spin, you know. Uh, no, but I mean, as far as a, as far as a start to the new era, couldn't have asked for much better. Uh, delightful Good. game day atmosphere, just wonderful evening in Harrisonburg. Five awesome! Five that's awesome. Well, congrats to the Dukes in their um, their their undefeated all time streak in That's FBS right. football. The only we have never lost team. as an FBS yeah. team. Yeah, never lost, undefeated, never lost. 
this team okay. will never lose again. Have you guys All right, seen let's Shorzy? Get... No, just me? Okay, never mind. What'd you say? Have you guys seen Sh- Shorzy? No, no. Fair enough. No. I have great a child. Show. Highly recommend. You do have a child. Don't watch it with your child. It's a great show. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay, Jordan. Let's let's go to the record review and then get into our uh, our, our our high profile games for this weekend and uh, keep it moving. This is a joint yeah, episode. So uh, we picked five games, and somehow everybody got every pick right. It was astounding. Um, Jason led us off. Four and one, a strong showing in week one, much like the Dukes. I went two and three. Logan went one and four. So that's right. We've you know really right where we what, left off. If we're being honest, what are the uh, the poets in college football saying? The biggest room is the room for improvement. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's what my next tattoo says. So yeah. So we'll all take that to heart as we plot into week two. But we can uh, do some abbreviated rundowns. Of our picks, we had West Virginia Pitt Thursday night. This was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Great atmosphere. Football game in the 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 stadium formerly known as Heinz Field. Just a raucous environment. A lot of pent up uh, hate got unleashed from both sides that evening. It would appear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good like good football too for an opening Thursday night product. The yeah. the teams looked fairly well put together and coached, which was a nice surprise. Because we, like, Logan, you said how fun this week one is. It's so volatile because, like, teams have to hold up their end of the bargain, too. Correct. And a lot Absolutely. of times there's just so much rust. And Talking like, to you, Oregon. Yeah, transfer portal stuff. Like, you've got continuity and chemistry mm-hmm. issues sometimes that don't fully figure themselves out until midway through the season. So... Shouts out to the teams and the players. Sure. Um, yeah, what'd y'all think? Well, I, I think that JT Daniels looked really good. I was impressed yep. uh, by him. I thought he looked really good, especially in the Neil Brown sort of neo uh, air raid situation that, um, that that West Virginia runs. I thought Slovis looked fine. I thought he looked a lot better from the shotgun than he did under center. Um, I, I heard some people point out that I, I believe like the yards per play for Pitt were like drastically better when they went out of shotgun, which is what they did all last year when they had a really good offense. Um, and uh, it would it would appear that maybe Narduzzi is is Narduzziing the the offensive approach a little bit and wants them to go under center more. And um, I don't know. I, I felt like Pitt looked like the better team in general, and I, I, I they didn't play really up to being like the better team the whole time. And, and then frankly, the, the way that it ended with this sort of pick six was um, pretty fortunate for Pitt, but a dramatic and fun um, all around, like kind of crazy, you know, how that all shook out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm interested to see, I guess how both of these teams look in a few weeks. Cause I feel like West Virginia maybe has more room for improvement. And I feel like Pitt is, if anything, they're going to, maybe get more conservative as like the weather gets colder and Arduzzi feels like he needs to uh, like, you know, batten down the hatches. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Um, but yeah. I, the first thing I thought about this game was like, wow, JT Daniels looks like he looks like a quarterback that can go win you a game rather than a quarterback that's trying not to lose the game while other people win it. Like, right. which was, I, I was, that was cool to see. I was happy for him. Um, did but he yeah, look better was, than the quarterback <laughs> at Georgia? No, just kidding. 
not this week. This is a week was the wrong week to make that comparison. That's true. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, the biggest thing that stood out for me was this looked like a, a week eight, week nine game in terms of execution and quality of play. It was just, it was a super fun football game. And um, it sucks that it, it ended with the way it did um, with that pick six because I think he's one of their better receivers too for West Virginia. Oh, and it just went right through his hands, it too. Just, it wasn't like, even like it was an airmail or anything. Yeah, it, it, just, a... it just bounced right off it. And that said, it did give us the shot, like, and shouts out to that camera operator who is no doubt underpaid and underappreciated. But, like, as he was tracking for the pick six and he started zooming zoom out. out as he got to the goal line and it was just, like, the entire student section, like, that was, like, ah, we're back. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, just a, just a wonderful Thursday night. Um Pit in the blue wonderful. and yellow like that too looks so good. Yeah, they look they was, look really good. That's a great color color combo. So, yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, yeah, no, I think the other two points real quick. Uh, Neil Brown probably kicking himself had a chance to ice the game. Uh, mm-hmm. in the fourth one trotted the front punt team out there. That Donaldson running back that they would just like toss out there for three or four plays. I think he's a true freshman. He is a load. And he absolutely mm. would have picked up one yard. Uh, wouldn't matter if everyone in the stadium knew the ball was going to him. They like they were not bringing him down on first contact. Um, so I'm interested to see how many touches that kid gets the rest of the year because he he looks to be a horse. Uh, Wasn't there some some poor clock management out of Neil Brown towards the end of this one as well? Wasn't there some weird? I feel like there was a. A, an ill-advised timeout or not timeout or, or something happened that just kind of screwed him. But there was a lot of that to go around. I don't remember if it was in this game or not. Ah, there were yeah. plenty of occasions for such a thing. A lot of learning opportunities in week one for the first coaches. game for the coaches too. It's the first game um, for the coaches too. The other thing, like between the two quarterbacks, like I would much rather have JT Daniels quarterbacking yeah. my team. Um, At the moment, Slovis yeah. like Slovis kind of looked. And this is a deep cut, but it looked like early UVA Kurt Benkert. Those like first mm. two or three games where he's just like holding on to the ball way too long. Yeah. Waiting, like doesn't know where his second or third read is. Can't quite break out of the pocket. Takes bad sacks. Um, but kudos to them for like being able to work around that and patch a win together. That is not nothing. So. Right. Uh, we'll move on to Oregon at Georgia. I don't know that there's a lot we need to to dissect here georgia looked really good again yeah back to the execution factor they were replacing a lot i was highly impressed with how much of a beat it looked like they did not miss so good for i mean they looked if anything potentially better on offense than at any point last year i mean i don't know they got a huge tight end they have the huge Washington tight end, like, who isn't even the best tight end on the team. Like they have the the other guy is is really good. I believe is, is his name Brock. Is he a Brock? Um, Brock Bowers, I believe is his name. And uh, yeah, I mean Stetson Bennett actually looked really good. He he was doing making a lot of good decisions. He was extending plays. Um, I mean, yeah, they they did whatever they they got whatever they wanted. Um, they I saw that they scored seven touchdowns on seven drives to start the game. Pretty good. Um, most coaches will tell you that that's tough, tough to overcome. Um, but yeah. And then Bo, Bo Nix really announced that he, he was indeed Bo Nix. It was the same 
Bonix that we've maybe it was bad Bonix, but uh, he certainly didn't move the needle up at all. And um, some turnovers, just Georgia's defense looked scary, not unlike they looked last year. Maybe they'll just be not as not as awesome as last year, but still the best defense in the country. I wouldn't be surprised by that based on what I saw uh, this weekend. But I mean, they, they make highlight. They're so solid. I mean, that pick that was made, uh, like the just ball skills from the corner over yeah. there, snagging the ball. I mean, that was really good. Um, they got the defensive tackle that's just mauling people in the middle of the field again. So, yeah, it looks good. Um, did you guys see the sort of overly cheery uh, Dan Lanning conversation with uh, Kirby at like before the game? I did. Seemed kind of weird. Yeah, there he was. was he seemed like he was nerve, hamming it up, like a some bit. nervous energy on, on Coach Lanning's part. First game in yeah. the Big Whistle, but um, I thought like Oregon moved the ball decently well the first couple of drives, but just couldn't capitalize on anything. Sure. And the turnovers really kind of compounded that lack of cashing in. Um, while we're on the Bo Nix train of thought. I also texted this to the group, but I learned during this broadcast that he married a young lady named Izzy Smoke uh, during the off season. Um, Is that Cavazier Smoke's sister, the Kentucky running back? I don't believe it is. Okay. Maybe his sister from another mister. (laughs) Oh, yeah, could be. Um, Well, I mean, congrats on the nuptials. I mean, yeah. But maybe he's just like, Dr. quarterback now and doesn't have the hunger or the drive that we saw when he was an Auburn Tiger. Right. You would really hate to see that. You would. You would. Um, I don't know. I, I think at least for a while, I'm kind of done with Oregon. Um, they, this is the third straight game they've played like a quote unquote tough team and have just absolutely been pantsed on national TV. So they, they need to maybe pick a lap and uh, figure some things out. Just say in Miami, this is what happens when Mario Cristobal recruits for your program for four years and builds them in his image. You get this. Just, just, just saying. Just saying. Enjoy it. Um, that's all I got. Jason, were you press box bound for this one, or did you catch any? Uh, I think I was not quite in the press box yet, but I was on my way. PBB. By the time I got settled, it was not worth turning on, so I didn't turn it on. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you that you didn't invest any energy in cashing any disappointment then. Agreed. Uh, We also had Cincinnati at Arkansas. That happened simultaneously. I did not see a minute of this game, nor did I see. I had to check. When I opened the pick spreadsheet at the end of the day, I did not remember that we picked this game. Surprise. I had to check the score to see who won because I had no idea. Um, my parents had a lovely time in Fayetteville. They said it was great, good atmosphere for the game. Um, Who paid? My uh, my 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 father has paid some money to Arkansas, but he's also a Cincinnati guy. So this was a, a cool, a good confluence of of Did his personal the, like, entrance. Split jersey. That would be cool. I would love love that. I don't I don't think he did. It would be a one of one. The David Whitehouse have Cincinnati have <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> with a JMU, JMU uh, on the bottom, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia. Yeah, like, who was it? Uh, was it Brady Quinn's sister? 
that had the like uh-huh. half Ohio State. Half yeah, because she married AJ Hawk way back when. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she or was dating AJ Hawk. Was, was it AJ Hawk's sister that married Grady Quinn? I don't remember. Oh, it might have been that. Yeah, it was one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a Brady Quinn sister situation. Though. I think it was too. But yeah. real, real ones know what we're getting after. Yeah, right. That and Catherine Webb just delete. <laughs> Elite girlfriend situations from from bygone eras. Horny, horny Brent Musburger back in the glory days of horny Brent Musburger scanning the crowd, just on ESPN, just being so out of pocket, just gambling and picking out babes. This guy was living the dream, really. He was a visionary. <clears throat> All right, ahead of his time. We're we're filibustering here. I didn't watch a ton of this game either. I watched some of it. Um, I mean, Arkansas took care of business, did what they needed to do. They had a bunch of injuries yeah. in the secondary. I, I, my, my father reported live that it looked like Cincinnati sort of failed to capitalize on some uh, busted coverages, some some guys open. I saw Cincinnati, I believe the, the quarterback there threw 40 passes in this game, which probably is not the recipe for success for um, a team like Cincinnati that wants to have uh, slightly more balance on offense. But uh, 43, in fact. 43 pass. He threw for like 300 yards, though, right? Yeah, 325, two touchdowns. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, KJ Jefferson, he's a load. Uh, and Arkansas seems to be kind of like know what they want to do. I don't think Cincinnati's bad, but I don't know that we learned a ton about Arkansas because I think Cincinnati's missing so much, giving up, you know, first, well, high draft pick quarterback uh, that's been in the program for years. <laughs> that's a big yeah. change for a program like Cincinnati coming off the playoff game. So, um, that's all I got on that one. I, I didn't really, I didn't really watch the replay either. So, yeah, I I turned on like maybe midway through the fourth quarter. Luke Fickle appeared to be heated about several things by this mm. point. Um, so thoughts and prayers. But shout out to Arkansas taking care of business, winning a home game against a big brand name. Um, sure, should, should be valuable for you know, starting, starting your year off and getting to do it on a, on a correct happy foot too. Well, having seen the state of LSU and knowing that I think Auburn is a bit of a, on, on the razor's edge as far as things go, this is a good opportunity for Arkansas to try to slide up the rankings here. And if they can steal a win or, you know, if they can show up and I don't know, steal a win against A&M or, yeah. you know, one of these things that happens, then, you know, I don't know who they're, SEC East crossover is this year, but um, Ole Miss is in the mix. Mississippi State's in the mix. I mean, I think Arkansas is just as good, if not better, than those teams. So someone's can, you know, a chance to finish third in the West would be pretty good for Arkansas and probably a boon to their recruiting and everything too. So yeah, especially I, I like think year, I think this is an important what, win for them. Sam Pittman, like that's yeah. that's a great trage to be on. So right. So and I I just I think this is a good win for them, like for their bold chances this year and their opportunity to like you said. Keep the trage, keep the trage professional and enviable. Yeah. As big trage guys, we we keep an eye on these trage goals. I love trage. Um, speaking of the SEC East, we had just a a banger of a 7 p.m. game in the swamp, Utah, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, before Logan goes on his 35 minute diatribe, Jason, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> what would you like to say? What are your um, I I really only saw about the last five to ten minutes of this game because um, I think it, it kicked off. It kicked off at seven, so um, I was working up until the very end of it. But um, I saw 
saw Anthony Richards lead like the last 25 yards of the, the game winning drive. I saw uh, out of nowhere, Florida stand, um, including its poorest turnover, which was delightful. It looked, it looked awesome. It looked yeah. super fun. It looked like uh, the kind of game Florida is used to playing in terms of exciting and from what I saw, fairly high quality. Um, and so, yeah, I just, uh, I don't have much analysis because I didn't see, you know, 53 minutes of the game, but um, the the sound the stadium make on the, made of the final pick, uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm happy for our, our fearless leader. I'm happy for them. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I was really impressed with Florida in their first game under a new regime to come out and execute the way they did. Um, Richardson, I I made a comment about how comfortable he looked running that yeah. offense. Like to do that out of the gate against a physical Utah team is really impressive. Um, I'm I'm sure it didn't, you know, feel a little bittersweet for Gator fans to see that and wonder why why that continued to stay on the bench under Dan Mullen. But you know, it's okay. We, he got you, Billy Napier. Um, Correct. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to eat your spinach. Absolute psychopath move by him to just come out wearing like a straight rain jacket in the first half in like the middle, the middle of the summer, basically. Dude, um, he's weird. Every time you see him on campus, out like outside, he he wears a hoodie everywhere. Like he wears that's yeah. like his outfit. Like it's a, it's become like a running joke, but it's. Like if you see him in a t-shirt, people are like, oh, Coach, Coach Napier was in a t-shirt today. Like he is always in. He has the most elite hoodie package too. He has all the Jordan hoodies. They're so sweet. Yeah, and that's got to be like a real a real bugaboo. Like you're a Jordan brand team. You're getting hella crazy hoodies available to you, but you live in Gainesville, Florida. Like something. Yeah, it's like 150% humidity. Um, but yeah, I like he seems very easy to root for. Um, so I am excited to become kind of a tangential Florida fan as we ride this rocket ship into the wall this season. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Go Gators indeed. No, I, you, you, you said it pretty well. I was, I was really impressed with Florida's execution and general game plan. Um, I had some concerns about like a potentially an overly conservative game plan out of Florida and approach. I think Honestly, their game plan was well drawn up, and I think they achieved kind of like the ideal Billy Napier, control the ball, move the ball well on offense. But like Florida had long drives and um, matriculated the ball down the field and converted on fourth down a couple times and sort of did what they needed to do um, and scored. And the drives ended in touchdowns, which was actually the most helpful thing that Florida did. Um, But... But yeah, I mean, I was I was impressed on offense with the offensive line. They looked, they just Florida in general looked a lot more physical than they did last year. Um, and I don't know if that's stylistic or anything else, but sort of a commitment to running the ball. The running backs looks like they got a decent stable of backs. Um, but yeah, impressed impressed with all that. Napier very calm on the sideline, which is like a stark contrast to like nervous Nini Dan Mullen, like freaking out on um, pulling his hat over his eyes and like throwing his headset and yelling at Todd Grantham and stuff like that. Um, seems like there's a, <clears throat> a good amount of sort of joy that he coaches with too. When, you know, things go well, there's, there seems to be a lot of like 
general dapping and, and, and glad handing on the sideline, which is pretty good. And uh, can't say enough about Anthony Richardson, Jordan, un- totally unprovoked. You just texted the group like in the middle of the game, like he looks so good. And it was really true. Like he, he looks, he was calm. He was, it was so refreshing to see a Florida quarterback make an on-time pass over the middle to a guy like, and hit him and, you know, 15, 18 yard gain. It wasn't Emory Jones pump, pump, pat the ball, pat the ball, pat the ball late over the middle, like either picked or, or, or tipped and picked, you know, that, that was, that was nice to see. Um, they definitely give him some, uh, I guess, creative license to maybe freelance a little bit, but he's a hell of an athlete. You saw in that 45 yard touchdown run, um, pocket broke down. He's sort of squirted out there towards the sideline. And then it was, no one was over there, but the poor guy that went over, was over there trying to make the tackle didn't even didn't even touch him. I don't think, and it, he didn't really yeah. put much of a move on him. It was just kind of the the Olay thing. Um, I thought Florida's defense was fine. Actually, they played physical. Um, they seemed to get tired. I think they're going to be, and I think we mentioned this maybe in the preview, but I think that defensive line is thin, and they 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 might get worn down a little bit. I was impressed to see Big Des Watson get 28 snaps at 439 pounds. That's a big dude, um, but appears to be in decent enough shape to actually play meaningful snaps. But I just don't know that you're gonna Gervon Dexter playing 68 snaps a game. You know, is gonna be uh, the best ultimate thing for the Gators defense. So they they kind of got pushed around by Utah pretty good in the second half. The defensive line, Utah seemed to commit to running the ball a little bit more. Um, and I was I was impressed with Utah. I mean, I thought they had a good game plan. They they know who they are to an yeah. extreme degree. Um, I think who was it? Ryan Nanny said that like I don't know why <laughs> Oregon is applying to the Big Ten. Utah is the most Big Ten team in the Pac-12. They are like the the spiritual belongers um, that should be over there. But super strong um, lines. Uh, the tight end Keithy was awesome. Uh, he was also always open. I don't know why Florida didn't maybe like put a man over the top there. He was the only guy that rising through to, I, I thought rising was effective. I wasn't particularly impressed, but he also, cause he seemed to really lock in on Keithy. Um, but Hey, Keithy was open. So throwing the ball, I guess it makes sense. But uh, yeah, anyhow, I, I, I thought it was a high quality football game. Nice to see execution all around. Um, and it came down to two red zone, Chances, I mean, Florida made a goal line stand at the beginning of the third quarter on fourth and goal, and they made another one right at the end of the game, picked a pass off. So that's a big swing of points right there. And I think Florida scored touchdowns on all three of the red zone trips. So, yeah, you like to see it. Um, I think there's certainly some room for improvement. A couple fumbles you would like to not see. Maybe some some wet conditions played into that a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – that's exciting. And I also just last thing, a ton of freshmen played for Florida, which was not something you saw under Mullen. Um, good to see these sort of best guys get to play competition um, atmosphere there. Devin Moore out at corner, um, McClellan defensive line, the running backs, uh, Trevor Etienne, um, Travis's little brother uh, was, was out there. It was kind of a, a cool, Thing that ESPN did that like cut together two run like two runs that uh, Travis and Jay did it was actually pretty cool, um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, well, yeah, the broadcasters even mentioned like after one of ETN's runs, like man, he runs just like Travis, like he's got that like hard left leg into the ground. Yeah, he does that dead leg. He does that yeah. dead leg thing that Travis did really well. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I, I was cautiously optimistic uh, going into this game just based on like depth chart talent, but to see a team like really fight hard like that was, I thought, really good. And um, the swamp was awesome. Great atmosphere, ton of recruits in the stands. Just a, it was a good, it was a good day for the Gators. Yeah. All right. Uh, last game we had was Notre Dame at the Horseshoe, where they took on the Buckeyes, and they covered. And so Marcus Freeman, 1-0 against the spread in 2022. Well done, young lad. Um, I didn't really watch any of this. I was focused on the Florida game and did not really have the appetite to go watch a condensed Notre Dame-Ohio State effort. So um, I, I do believe Jackson Smith in Jigba suffered an injury at some point in the yeah. first half. Uh, I don't know what his status is moving forward. Um, Ohio State. Yeah, I don't know either. It was a weird injury. They showed though. they showed the play that it appeared that he got hurt on, and it was it it, it he was like holding his hamstring, like he had maybe tweaked his hamstring, but it looked like he kind of just got his leg stuck under him, and mm. and it was like foot leg in general. But I watched. I was flipping back and forth to this game a little bit. I think I I I might have run through some of it. I think the story of this game was that for halftime, Notre Dame had 76 total yards and scored zero points. So uh, Jim Knowles, big, big adjustments maker guy, made great adjustments. Um, it would appear that Ohio State's defense will be improved this year. Um, I just also think maybe this is a little hot takey that Notre Dame was content with how this was going and wasn't going to try like to – they didn't appear the to be. Issue. They didn't appear to be trying to win the game. How about that? Hmm. So it, it appeared that it was a close game. Maybe they wanted to keep it kind of close, and, and maybe something would get weird in the fourth quarter. Um, but it never did. They never moved the ball in the second half. Um, so I, I, I would say that this was not as close as the score indicates. So and is I think speculation I, that they like didn't didn't stick their neck out there because they didn't want to risk a blowout loss. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, well, I mean, maybe not risk a blowout, or maybe just push it until, you know, the end of the fourth quarter. If we're down by 10 and, you know, something happens, we get an interception, we get a turnover, we get a quick score, then all of a sudden we're, we're right in it. And, you know, that's certainly one way to play it. But at a certain point, like, you, you are welcome to play offense and try to, like, actually score when you have the ball, right? And it didn't appear that they had a lot of answers for what Ohio State was doing defensively in the second half. And, just kind of a, a an undynamic uh, offensive situation for Notre Dame, but um, Ohio State also was sluggish on offense in in their own right. So shout out to Notre Dame's defense for keeping them off balance. But I think we all really expected like the Georgia game to happen in this game, and it, it didn't. So we're like, oh man, maybe Notre Dame's good, but I I don't know. I, they just only scoring ten points, kind of seeming lifeless on one half of the ball, doesn't really make me think that they're going to be like good. Yeah, it's weird because I like both this and the Georgia line were both 17. And if you had told me before the kickoff at noon, only one of these teams is going to cover 17, I would have guessed it would have been Ohio State and not Georgia. But right. Well, especially because Georgia always like Georgia seems content to win games 21 to 10. Like they would yeah. love to get, get up by 11 on you and then just, just, just choke the life out of you and punt on second down and just keep playing Get defense. Get out of there but in two hours and 45 minutes. They'd, they'd be a felder special. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, anyhow, 
So those were picks. You guys ready to make some more picks? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. All right, real quick. I just wanted to fire up the inaugural uh, Hot Seat Watch 2022. Um, just because things are happening in college football. But I'd like to I'd like to propose that Scott Frost, Jeff Collins, and Brian Harson are currently our three men on on the list. I don't know if Collins is realistic because I'm not sure what his buyout situation is and if Georgia Tech is really that committed to, you know, buying out a coach. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many more years like Georgia Tech when they were running the triple was actually like an effective and good team. And before that, they were good under um, whoever the, the, the was it chain was it chain Gailey it wasn't chain Gailey there was one of those one of those kind of guys who was like an NFL offensive coordinator guy um, before that so uh, I don't know too too early to put Brent Pry on the hot seat I think <laughs> yeah probably uh, probably too early to put Brent Pry there probably too early to put um, Brian Kelly there although there was some some delightful um, message board activity out of the watching the LSU fans like in real time, wish they had hired uh, Billy Napier was really delightful for mm. me, for my personal brand. Love, love to see that. So many layers of petty. And- I, I think, and I, I think we, we said that too in the preview, like I'm really curious to see like how it just goes for LSU, like given, and, and I want, I'm curious to see if Napier is like, like a Steve Springer type and would take that personal and, and it's just like going to try to score as many points as possible on LSU this year. You that know, I mean, truly this would, sick. this would be the year to do it and it would be awesome. I would love that. So anyhow, all right. Ready to, make, ready, ready, ready to talk week, week ahead. Week number deuce. That's right. Uh, real quick before we get to picks, just a couple games I'm personally interested in. Wake it Vandy, you know, Vandy, Handsome Sam, Two and zero. Is Hanson Sam playing? He is out indefinitely. He has uh, been medically cleared. Oh, did they say what was what was going on with him? So he had a blood clot issue. Okay. Due to a syndrome that I do not remember the name of. But okay. It is uh, apparently caused by like uh, extremely repetitive, strenuous activity. Um, but oh. they didn't specify like was the blood clot. So he had a surgery a month ago took care of it, and got a scan, I think, today or yesterday that cleared him. Oh, he's back. Okay, well, that could change things. Vandy has... I have already taken Wake minus 12 and a half. Interesting. I'm I'm curious. Vanderbilt may may be frisky. We'll see. I I think so. They also gave up 31 points to Elon. That's a Nick Howell special right there. So, color me... Skeptical. <laughs> Fair enough. All but right. Their quarterback we do have... can run like crazy. Is he like the fast quarterback? He is a fast quarterback. Yes, not the fast quarterback. He's a fast quarterback. Um, App State is taking their their show to uh, College Station um, to to show Jimbo and the boys what's going on. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm just kind of curious because App State seems like a team that could like maybe score some points and it would be nice to see like a Texas A&M team stressed out and needing to score points just because I'm 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 forever fascinated by the Jimbo Fisher as offensive guru that runs just pretty negative offense uh situation so but he is best friends with Will Muschamp so it makes sense um Boston College is at VPI. This might be as they dub uh, as they dub it on uh, Split Zone Duo an, an anxiety bowl, early season anxiety bowl. If 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 VPI is zero and two with losses to ODU and BC, 
Mm. I mean, it's going to, it's just going to be kind of sweaty, you know, you're going to have to stand in the paint, Brent, put your tie jeans on one pant leg at a time. Yeah. And I think people like sort of think Boston college is maybe improving a bit too, but Halfley's got the boys out there, pads popping and such. It unfortunately will not be a red bandana game. So <laughs> dang, with, dang. With it being at Virginia Tech. Uh, all right. UVA is at Illinois. UVA did win this weekend. BTW took care they of business. Did. I have some concerns, but um, <laughs> Illinois opened four point favorites. I think it's a four and a half right now. I, I, yes, there's a degree of emotional hedge here, but I would wager Illinois today. Tuesday. Illinois has looked pretty competent, and I may this could just unfortunately, un- unfortunately, I've seen Illinois play like twice this year already, which is way more than I've ever seen Illinois play before. But get ready for numero trace, brother. But they're yeah, they're they're running back is good, and uh, yeah, they, they seem kind of like a Brett Bielema team. It's like oh, yeah. I'll be damned. Look at that, it's it's happening. And last up, we got Norfolk State at JMU. Just kidding, other way around. No, 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 no. It's in no, here. Yeah. Uh, go Dukes. Go Dukes. Yeah. Okay, Jordan. Right, so take us, take us to Pickville. Fansville. As we travel to Fansville to make picks for entertainment purposes only. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Uh, the first don't be scared of big games. lines, boys. Remember, yeah. don't be scared of big lines. Print the T-shirts and the koozies. Don't be scared of big lines. <laughs> In more ways than one. You know what I'm saying. Hey, now. Um, First game, noon kickoff. Dustin Johnson knows what I'm saying. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide at, this is a, an official at away game, I believe. Yes. The, That's the Longhorns of Texas. We have another Sith Lord versus his apprentice situation. Um, Sark takes on Nick Saban. Uh, Coach Saban and the Tide are favored by 20 points, and Jason gets to lead us off. I'm taking Alabama and not not thinking twice on this. Um, yeah, I, I think Alabama is one of probably two teams that are maybe three, two and a half right now that are just way above everybody else. Uh, I don't love an 11 a.m. kickoff in Austin to be, like, super rowdy even for Alabama. Um I saw Sark came out this week and basically said, like, yeah, this game doesn't affect anybody's conference race. I don't know why everybody's making such a big deal about it. Which, oof, oof. That's good. <laughs> yikes. Um, such a love to hear. And so, yeah, I give me, give me Bama. Yeah, I'm also going to take Bama. Um, I am interested, though, in the, like, Nick Saban, former offensive coordinator, goes up against Nick Saban because Lane has kind of given him trouble in the past, um, just in terms of like yeah, once know, being a little plucky, yeah. Um, even if it's just for a quarter or two, um, yeah. So I am excited to wor- watch the first half. Might might sprinkle a little first half Alabama spread depending on the number, but we'll hmm. see. Yeah, I'll go ahead and, uh, and cement our fate here and take Alabama as well. But I mean, it's. That actually does not seem like that big of a line to me, given given Tex, Texas's sort of up and down nature, breaking in a brand new quarterback still, and the fact that I mean Alabama absolutely wasted Utah State this weekend. It was fifty-five to nothing, I think. They did the same thing Georgia did to Oregon. Um, 
not that Utah State is Oregon, but I mean, Utah State won the Mountain West last year. They're not exactly like, you know, sisters of the poor here. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, Alabama seems a little bit, a little bit murdery this year. And I, I feel like they, they're in leave no doubt mode. All right. Next, we go to 3.30 p.m. We have another Pitt Panther home game. This time, they're hosting the Volunteers of Tennessee. Tennessee road favorites by six and a half points. I'm going to start by taking the Vols, brother. Um, I have aforementioned concerns about the young Slovis boy. Um, I think he will figure it out and become more of a weapon later on in the year. I don't think that is now. However, uh, West Virginia's defense was able to generate a healthy amount of pressure, get in the backfield a good bit against an offensive line that was returning a lot of starters from last year. Um, so I am more confident in an SEC defense to do more of the same. And for that reason, I will take the balls. Yeah. I'm going to have to take the balls too. I feel like they run so many plays. I feel like they could wear out the pit defense here. I, I think it could be – you just need to get a couple stops to get sort of ahead of schedule on that seven-point spread there. Or, well, you said it was six and a half, so seven-ish would be uh, would be nice. So, I don't know. I don't I don't see this being necessarily a track meet, but I kind of sneaky believe in Tennessee, which is weird to say. So, I think my thing is I don't really understand where the Tennessee love is coming from. Um it's coming from the media's SEC bias, brother. That's what I'm saying. I'm tired of it. Um, yeah, I think it's. It. I, I am wary of a a letdown uh, from a big emotional win this past week, but I think that game being on Thursday and having a couple of extra days to decompress will help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I noted think- decompressors, Pittsburgh area people in general. Pat Narduzzi, just super calmest, decompressed. The calmest humans. Just going to some hot springs. Just super relaxing. Um, I I think Pitt It's melting a, iron. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's their offseason workout. They just go into the the, the factories. And um, I think Pitt is a better team than Tennessee. So Whoa. like I Wow. It's a money line special, this. Jason. Yeah, I don't I don't love giving points at Pitt. It's very weird. It's very strange. And I'm probably going to look very strange. You don't love a home dog. You don't love a home dog situation. I, I get don't it. love like a high, a quality home dog. Like the Pitt is a good team. And like uh, almost if it was seven, I would not feel any hesitation. I don't love that it's six and a half, but. Um, <laughs> that's a big yeah, number. I, I think I'm just. <laughs> mm, that's a big number. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. So I'm going to take Pitt. I, I think they're. I think they're a, a quality team, and I am very confused as to I, I am confused as to why people are like oh, I'm convinced about Tennessee, at, given gestures in the general direction of the last eight years of Tennessee football. Sure. Half an hour after that bonanza kicks off, we will be blessed with yet another iteration of El Asico. This is oh, a four no. PM kick. <laughs> We've got the Cyclones of Iowa State traveling to take on the Hawkeyes of Iowa. We've got home Hawkeyes favored by three and a half. Logan, 
you may do the honors. That hook, that hook is tough, you know. <laughs> oh, it's a big um, hook, bro. It's a big hook. <laughs> Jeez, I think the hook screwed me twice last weekend too. Um, I'm gonna take the home Hawkeyes. I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that there was a bit of mirage quality to, uh, to what went on last week, and I think people are gonna be generally down on Iowa's, you know general iowaness and I, I think they're just getting the super they're just getting the super uh the the super machine up and running the super weapon is uh is, is grinding to a start here but uh i think iowa state also lost a fair amount last season quarterback running back um and um i'm pretty sure i would Didn't, did iowa win this game last year i watched this game at the champions gate golf course during the rain delay uh, i was on a golf trip last year during this game so um a golf guy yeah huge golf guy i don't know if i mentioned it on the pod uh but i, I love the game um i rolled mf rock and uh not unlike the hawkeyes i i, I think i'm gonna win <laughs> i deeply love the finish to that statement i think i'm gonna win i'm gonna win uh, I will also take the home Hawkeyes. Um, the the over-under for this game is listed at 40 and a half on ESPN, which seems Ooh. hilarious to me. Um, Ooh, that's a big number, brother. That's a big number. That um, is a huge number. This has like 13, 17 written all over it. I think as heinous as last week was, which it was, uh, I don't I feel like <laughs> Iowa knows who they are more than Iowa State. Um, they're back at home. I I don't love Iowa State's offense being put together enough to go against that defense. So, yeah, I mean, this very much feels, yeah, like 14-10 being generous. Um, but, yeah, I'll take Iowa. I, I guess I'll go Iowa State, shake things up a bit. Um, I do think Iowa's going to execute better this week, but I also wonder, and again, my finger is – absolutely not on the pulse here but like what kind of what kind of stuff is going on in the offensive rooms what kind of power is being wrestled away from one brian ference or is he just gonna keep having free reign and we're gonna see the same steaming pile of of mississippi mud roast on uh on the field um so yeah I'll go this, it's so weird it seems like they don't care you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I guess maybe it's because they they're nominally successful at, at and not caring has gotten them this far. But I mean, don't they aspire to be better? You know, don't they care at all about the product they put on the field? I mean, it's it's wild. Have you no pride? <laughs> yeah, come on, son. All right, so I am excited to watch. Wasn't excited to pick, but that maybe that hook helps me helps me out in this one. Yeah. Um, Seven p.m. We return to the swamp. Ooh, the vapors, the tingles. Kentucky at Ooh. Florida, 7 p.m. The Gators are home favorites, five points. Jason Crick. That is a weird line. What did you say it was, five? Five. Yeah. It opened at Florida seven and a half, and I think it went down to tennis to Florida four and a half at one point, so it must have rebounded a bit. If you care, Jason. I I have no idea what to make of this game. Hmm. Um, I think this is a guy I really worry about uh, an emotional letdown 
for Florida on this one. Um, I am not completely convinced that Kentucky has the dudes to take care of that, but I am going to uh, half emotional hedge, half against my better judgment, take Kentucky to win it. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I am interested to see Kentucky's offense against that defense. Um, I think that'll be interesting. I don't know if they run the ball well enough to really punish Florida's defense, but um, I don't know that they really tried to run the ball well enough to punish Florida's defense. So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting one way or another. And a five-point line is very weird. And I'm very, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable is. standing on this tee box. I don't like it's it. A very, it's a very weird line. This game does yeah. not suit my eye. Five is tough because it's like, well, 24-20. Kentucky still covers. Right. It's just so 27 24. Kentucky still covers. I'm going to take the Gators. Um, I think this is largely due to it being another night game and like the emotional letdown hangover thing is a concern, but it's less of a concern because it's another night kick. To me, this is like the, well, I can't get hungover if I just keep drinking. Like, just. <laughs> Set, set me another night game up and I'll yeah. I'll deal with the consequences in week three. Um, so I'm going to go Florida here. Yeah. These teams have played really – I think Kentucky's won two of the last four. Um, I'm pretty sure Kentucky when Kentucky won last year, there was some, a students on the field situation. So I would wager some Florida players are remembering that. Um, Kentucky is, I believe, down f- at least three running backs heading into this game. Um, Chris Rodriguez, that's why they didn't run the ball, <laughs> Chris Rodriguez, their starting running back. Um, I believe had DUI over the offseason is not is not on the roster currently, um, or is not is I think he's suspended by the university, not necessarily the football team. But uh, he, yeah. So I believe Kentucky is bringing two or three running backs total to this game. Um, their offensive line is not good. They they haven't they didn't do a very good job in their first week. Um, Will Levis is a good, he's a dude at quarterback. I'm interested to see him against a Florida secondary. That's, uh, super athletic and, and maybe him without, uh, his primary target, um, that he pretty much forced all his throws to last year. He will throw some picks. So, um, what I'm saying here is I, I think, I think I'm on the Gators. If, if I, I see Kentucky being frankly, not that dissimilar to Utah as far as like what they want to do and how they want to get it done. I just don't think that they are as good as Utah. So I, I, I guess maybe I'm doing a little bit of, you know, fudging the transitive property, but I kind of think that uh, Florida should be able to pull this one out, especially given Kentucky's limitations. And I'm, I'm looking for a more disruptive Florida defense um, in this game than we got against Utah. Cause I think Florida's defense will be able to get more pressure on the quarterback. And I also think that the DBs will, um, I, I think all that trickles back to maybe, maybe stealing a couple turnovers and, uh, busting the game open another game for Richardson to get healthy or get comfortable in the system would be good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just, we'll see. We, we, we will see, but I'll take the Gators. Yeah. But like, again, shout out to the schedulers. Lucky us. We're getting a SEC East rivalry game in week two. That, uh, right. that feels pretty, pretty fortunate. It- Florida, Tennessee is in two weeks. That'll be interesting. Um, I think we'll know, like, 
I mean, we're picking the Tennessee game this week. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just very curious to see, like, if Tennessee dominates Pittsburgh this week, that will be, in, maybe indicative that they are for real. I think we Tennessee is one of those teams we do that thing with, that they usually have a tough first half of the season because they play Florida and they play Alabama and they play <laughs> like maybe a, a tough out of conference game and they kind of stumble out of the gates at like three and three or two and three and then they usually do a pretty good job down the stretch of stringing some games together. And granted, they still have to play Georgia and. Um, you know, Kentucky is no pushover anymore too. So uh, that's curious. We forgot to mention also the, uh, the NC state game this, this week that NC state dodged an absolute bullet multiple times um, pulling that one out. So listen, at the end of the year, if NC state is the best team in the ACC, let us all remember that ECU owes them one because that was uh, that uh, team shouldn't schedule ECU. I've, I've, I've said this, Virginia Tech fans would tell you this. Uh, I would tell you this. Just don't don't schedule ECU. It's never fun. That place is like sneaky, tough to play at. And uh, I don't know. When they when they have a decent team, it's... Uh, they also it, have one of the best dangerous. like midfield painted logos in <laughs> sport. Yes, that's true. So It is very nice. Just, Tell. yeah, the people need to know. Um, our final game of the night... Mm is going to be a, a quasi Oof. after dark situation, not officially pac 12, but it will very much be after dark. These are two teams. I don't know a lick about this year. Uh, I am going to pick confidently though. Uh, we've got Baylor going to Brigham young university. So just two two church schools fighting it out respectively, um, and respectfully, um, 10-15 kick, BYU is ranked lower in the polls but favored by three and a half at home, which seems a little odd, which means that I'm going to take BYU. I'm going to follow the, <laughs> the numbers. Fast. You're going to go with the fast um, quarterback? Uh, the fast quarterback and the elevation boys in this one. So uh, give me the kooks. You've obviously never seen the rolling hills of Plano or wherever the Waco. Sorry, Waco. that's where Baylor is. Yeah. Same, yeah. same idea. Same Chip general. Joanna vicinity. can't can't handle the thin air. No, they're gonna they're gonna have team dinner up in the uh, the silo of the top of the silo. Uh, to, y'all, to speaking of Baylor, y'all remember when Justin Fuente almost got hired as the Baylor coach? Oh man, that Those was great. Forty eight hours were the funniest. What a, what a couple of days. <laughs> and then just like begrudgingly returned to Virginia Tech and proceeded to just delete their program. It's, this like a weird picture of the the staff room the next morning. Like, see, we're here committed to the Hokies, and everyone looked so unhappy to be at work that day. <laughs> You're right. That was wild. Oh man, terrible decision making by by Mr. Fuente. What's he up to? Does anyone know? He's probably probably hanging out at Bud's Lake House. He and he and Todd Grantham are playing patty cake in like the back room of Nick Saban's uh, freaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's a match believe, made in heaven right there i believe he is unemployed at the moment oh cool good for him taking that buy out yeah he's chilling at bud's lake house <laughs> no he's hanging at dave aranda's lake house um i'm gonna take baylor because um i think from a talent standpoint and uh i, I like i like aranda's defensive approach i don't really think byu is gonna offer them something that they don't see in the big 12 fairly regularly um, I think defense travels and uh, get get a couple points there. So yeah, let's go. Let's go Baylor. Let's get them Bears. Rar. <laughs> I 
cannot emphasize enough that I do not know anything about these teams. Um, Thank good. you for your honesty, Jason. So I'm gonna I'm gonna and take BYU because they're at home and three and a half doesn't seem big enough. And I don't know. I have no idea if Baylor is actually top ten good or not. Um, yeah, it just feels weird. So yeah, give me BYU at altitude. Literally, Jordan convinced me right there. That's all I needed here. I'm just going to be playing plus. Elevation by U2 nonstop on a loop for three and a half hours. Oh, God. Disaster. Game. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's not going to be terrible is cash and neck ticket, though. True. Good point. <laughs> just continue. Go ahead. Keep keep bragging about your all the freedoms you have in the Commonwealth. Don't worry. Someday in Ron DeSantis' America, you'll you'll get the same freedoms oh. that I have. Yeah, but only we can only hope that that will be a positive takeaway from Los <laughs> America. The freedom to log into an app and slight money on fire betting on week one college football yeah. games it was just let something me, that I crave. Let me waste my money the way I want to waste it. <laughs> right, right. And that is freaking heavy favorite 14 team parlays all day, every day, all day, every day. (laughs) Okay. You guys got anything else? This is probably our, our, one of our last joint episodes of the year. We'll probably take over on our normal uh, two episodes a week schedule after this, but uh, custody after this between Sunday night and (laughs) holiday, holiday weekend and all that. We wanted to, uh, to give you guys a double up, but looks like it'll be another fun week. Um, we're we're, at, we're the Wheel Route Podcast, you know? People are saying. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Thewheelroute.com is the website. You can stream the show there. You can also get it from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Until we meet again, I love you guys. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.